When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Trader won't. Air code 993, JD. That's the state of Tabasco, Mexico. This, state, this episode is going to be hot. Who doesn't love Tabasco? Seriously. What's up, guys? So fun weekend. I'm back from the Mitten State. Kozak's home state. Yeah. We got John Kozak with us. CP's out on vacation. He uh, he hates stuff podcasting. Doesn't want to come to work. Also, CP owes me a public apology. About what? He proclaimed last week that I mailed in these picks and proceeded to go four and four. Um, that I doesn't sound like mailed in. Uh, guys, I, th- I think I won again. That's like the ninth week in a row I've won picks. You did. I can't believe you guys. You went five and three. Uh, I went three and five. CP went four and four. Wait, I got nine picks on here, JD. Am I counting wrong? Here's, let's see. I five lost, and four, I lost four and my five. first okay. three. So I lost DeAugustino and Gowan Haynes. I won on Mestamrink. That's one and three. I won on Kirkfleet. That's two and three. We all won on Kirkfleet. I lost on Patrick Smith. Uh, sorry, Caleb Smith, because Patrick McKee just beat the daylights out of him. I won yes, on Blancas and Salazar. Those are big ones. And I won on Ramos. So I won one, two, three, four, five, and I lost four. Yep, five and four. Oh, CP had a losing record and had the audacity to come at me. Wait, Christian, you're three and six. I went three and six, yes. Ooh. I didn't do great. But I said good lines, and that's pick- what that's what he was talking about. Yeah, you were the only one to pick Will Luan. Um, and that would be a great place for us to start. What do you make of Levi Haynes? Because he is just wrestling, and just by the skin of his teeth, winning these things. On Friday night, he wins on a stall call, which I I'll tell you, I agreed with. I said I don't know how, I don't know how Will Luan has gone this far doing nothing and not gotten a stall call. So I fully agree with the stall call, despite the fact that it decided the match. And then the match on Sunday was so freaking insane, like a quadruple overtime or something. Potentially the best match of the year, um, Haynes Soldate. Oh, wow. But to go back to Haynes Swan, I didn't hate the stall call. I still wish it would have come earlier. Yes. Because at that yeah, point, I mean, that with was... 17 seconds left or 19 seconds left or whatever, it more or less does decide the match right there. But yes. undeniably... Haynes was being undeniably undeniably Haynes I thought was doing enough in the third period to warrant a stall call I just would have liked to seen it with like 30 seconds left or something 
like that. Yeah. And I think that was a sure. direct. Um, I don't know about game plan. But so but we do agree. Hold on, Luan was clearly stalling. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yep. And, but that's the match. Luan's plan, JD, was just to go into double overtime. Like, what was his plan to win the match? I don't know. I he, he was clearly trying to make it a one exchange match, but maybe take it into overtime. Who knows? But that's the match. If you're Willowan, that's how you want to have it. You, you just can't stall that much in the third to where you force the official to call that stall call. Yeah, and I suppose on the, on the other side of it, it's like Levi Haynes wasn't committing that frequently to shots, but it was frequently enough where you look at Willowan and you're like, oh my God, this is so bad. He's stalling so bad. But Levi Haynes, I think, even maybe could have ramped it up another level on the aggressiveness and committed to attacks. He definitely picked it up in the third period. It was pretty equal the first period yes. and maybe the first part of the second. That's what double stall call. Double stalls. Hit him. <laughs> double stall. Bring back the double stall call. Mm -hmm. But I thought he was doing enough in the third to warrant um, another, another stall call, which he obviously got and gave him the match. And that kind of set the tone for, for Penn State. They started at 157, and Messenbrink rolled up, Fire. came, I mean, in the next match. Um, I, I thought, and some people were kind of dogging on came, I mean, a little bit. But to me, that was more Messenbrink's just that so good. I don't think Kamamine was fully healthy. And I didn't, listen, I didn't want to affect anything, but I was going to say on the show last week if Kamamine ain't all the way there, he shouldn't go out there against Mitchell because Mitchell's going to try to attack this man for seven minutes. Mm -hmm. um, and I think he went out there and he maybe wasn't all the way healthy or all the way back. And that was what happened. Yeah. I mean, he almost got stalled out. He gave up a yes. two pointer, one more. Yeah. He's out of there. Mitchell kind of almost let up on him, huh? Because he got that takedown with. Like a minute left. I mean, if he cuts him there, he might be able to. I mean, get a stall. Another st if he can't get another takedown, he's getting another stall call. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for right? sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, struggled on Sunday too. I had to had to go to overtime. He to he said a bit of a rough oh, wait, patch. With who? I didn't see that. Luke Gayer from Rutgers. Oh, jeez. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because he's not great. Mm -mm. Hmm. Yeah, Kim said a bit of a rough patch. Um right now yeah uh how about bear claw wrestling close with with shane griffith i don't look too much into that i feel like shane griffith always kind of wrestles to his competition level sure um he hasn't really been blowing dudes out that he's probably quite a bit better than yeah i still feel like he can go with the top couple guys at that weight Carter's obviously top boss, different cat, but you look at two through five, Shane Griffith's still right there in that tier with, with your Mackays. And I mean, he beat, he's ranked number three right now, and he beat Kate DeVos earlier this year. Yep. Who's number four? So, okay. Uh, and the 84, the story is the no takedowns. Um, I actually kind of thought Bernie's was a takedown. Uh, it did appear that um, Jaden Bulk is out of bounds on his double leg. What did you think about those? I 
I have not gone back and rewatched, but from where I was at in the arena and then looking at the replay from a distance, I thought he had, I thought he drug his toes mm -hmm. and got the takedown. Oh, really? And, like I said, I haven't gone back and, and rewatched it. Maybe I'm off there, but the angle on the video is not great. Okay. Yeah, we watched yeah. with uh, unbiased Michigan man Tyler yesterday, and because uh, <laughs> he was like convinced, and it did. It did look like his toes were in and like feet were under him, but like then you go back to reaction time and how much does that play into it? Um, yeah, I don't well, know. I, you, I can't, you can't you can't have reaction time on the edge because then you can never get a takedown yeah. as they're going you out of bounds. React because yeah. it's out. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. By definition, JD, that doesn't make any sense to your point. Yes. Right. Yeah. Which is that yeah, what they I, why they took away? Um, the other takedown? The, the other takedown looked like more of a takedown. Yes. Yeah, so I was, was shocked. Was, and they reversed yeah. that one. They originally called a takedown, went back and looked at it, and said no takedown. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel like reaction time is specifically made for those instances, instances in which wrestling is continuing to happen, right? And so you can't take a picture and say, oh, at this fra you know, fraction of a second in time, he was on top of him. It's like, no, the wrestling was happening. And so you you need to secure your opponent. But a situation like that where literally as soon as you go out, the action is stopped because it's whistled dead, then there can't be a reaction happening because the, the, the thing is over. Right. Yeah. So, so I don't know. I, I think the that. pendulum has swung a little bit too far in terms of what is considered reaction time Correct. to what it was uh, when there was no reaction time. Mm -hmm. For folks that were saying, I do think there should be a little bit of reaction time, but except in instances like we were just talking, where there is no allowance for reaction time, like when you're going out of bounds. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay, any words over Bernie? Because he's been wrestling close matches, too. I think he was, was he 4-2 with uh, Lady Malchewski on Sunday? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Any words or no? No worries. Um, no, I don't think so. I don't think we thought Bernie Truax was some, uh, bonus point machine. Yeah. And, and he, he's a guy who's finished fourth at the NCAs, uh, the past three years. And I still think that's kind of where he's at. He could, yes. he, he could make the NCAA finals this year with 184 losing some of its guys like Brooks and, and Heidley. But, mm -hmm. I mean, Parker, he's right there with Parker. They had a close match at the All-Star Classic. And I think that's what we thought, where we thought Bernie was at the beginning of the year. And I still think that's where we think he's at. Okay. Yeah, Kozak's rewatching it right now. That's a takedown for Jaden Bull. We're talking about the second one or the first one? The first one. Oh, man. His toes are clearly in. It, it he's got both close. legs and Bernie's on his hip. Let's see. Can I put this? Can you freeze it and put a post in the... Yeah. Video. Yes. Send it over to uh, Amanda. Okay. And she, she can hopefully pull it up on screen. Um. All right. Kerflit beats up on Davison. Two takedowns to zero. Davison wasn't really ever all that close to getting his own. No. Kerflit's kind of separated himself. A little bit. In, in heavyweight, he's not quite to the separation of uh, like a Carter Starachi or an Aaron Brooks, but. My goodness, he's almost there. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would agree with that sentiment. And then, especially, you know, you think he comes back for next year, 
And when he comes back next year and all of these dudes are gone. Wyatt's uh, gone. Hey. Younger's gone. Lucas Davison's gone. Yeah. That's two, that's two, three, and four there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Colton will still be gone. there. But. Yeah. So the, 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 the number one and two after him are Colton and Nathan Taylor. Like, uh, I watched Nathan Taylor lose some high school kids at U U twenties. He doesn't have a shot against Mr. Greg Kirkfoot. <laughs> no, you I, don't know how you guys know I love bringing up U twenties. <laughs> I watched him get beat. I'm like, damn! I thought he was a little better than that. I believe he lost to. Uh, I'm I'm almost certain. I should go look it up so I'm not misquoting myself. Uh, Coy Hopke. Nathan Taylor did. In, in the one in Ohio. Yes. The trials. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah. I think the match for Kirkfleet is now Mason Paris, Olympic trials. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that's what uh, that's where my mind is going. Yeah, I mean, there's a few. Obviously, Gwiz is still in the mix there. I would say there's a few other guys still in the mix. Um, uh, what's big guy from Minnesota? Just he just won the Dulane. Oh, Zilmer. Zilmer. Yeah. Zilmer is still around, right? So there's still some good matches in there for sure. For but, sure, I, I just mean uh, in terms of. Mason owned yeah. Kirkfleet last year, was 3-0 and against him, yeah. I think. And Kirkfleet has shown obvious improvement. Yes. So now we're, we're going to get a, a kind of a, another gauge of how much has Mason improved. Yes. As well. Cause... Yeah, Ben, you're right. Koi Hopke beat him 5-2. to two. Yeah. Ha! You know I love my U20 results. All right, Amanda's going to get our picture up too. Right there. That looks like a takedown. That now, dang, I can't picture. Um, I'll text it to you, Ben. Okay, fair enough. Picture takedowns aren't my favorite, you know, but um, that that looks like a takedown to me because obviously Jaden's toes go out a second later. Yeah, but to your point, JD. It, uh, oh, you are look at that. I'm just seeing it now. I didn't see it on my. I didn't see it on my um, VMX call screen, but I'm seeing it on the YouTube screen. Yeah. Yeah. That looks like a takedown. Okay. Um and then oh yeah, and Braden Davis beating um shoot, I'm getting some feedback, you guys. No, yeah. Alright, I oh, think we're good now. now. Okay. Uh Braden Davis beat uh Michael Diagostino. Um very close competitive match, but uh, I mean I don't know. Are you guys gonna rank him? I didn't look at the run twenty five rankings. I should look at them. Are you gonna rank him number one? Because he's He's the only one that's undefeated. Not yet. Oh, you put him three. You jumped him over Noah's certain you dirtbag. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you guys. Noah yeah. no certain. Uh, he took that loss, and he he doesn't. He um, has one loss. One loss. Mm -hmm. Braden Davis has zero. Okay, but Matt Ramos has like three or something. That's why he's not number it's one. Fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Luke Stanich, uh, number one. Who had Luke Stanich? Number one preseason. Did anyone even draft him? I know we did that draft, and I haven't paid any attention to it whatsoever since we did it months ago. Did I don't, any, know. I don't think probably not. Luke Stanley. Christian's the only one. I don't doing believe so. anything with that. Seriously, he's gonna claim he's the winner. It's like, uh, no, we all like you forced to do this draft, and then we forgot about it, bro. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, no, no uh, one yeah, even drafted him. Wow, IL goes one to six. I'm one twenty-five. <laughs> Bless your hearts on you, Frank. It, it was tough this week. Yes. Well, because there's no good. Um, there's no. There's going to be no good, clear pathways anymore. It's just too much of this beats mm -hmm. this beats this beats this. It's like 
I don't know. I don't want to say it's getting impossible, but you might as well just do the person with the least losses almost at this point. Yeah. Yeah, we were talking yesterday. If if Braden Davis beats Ayala and Dean Peterson, if he's still undefeated after that, he'll probably go number one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, makes sense. Stanich um, doesn't have too much left on his schedule. <clears throat> Lehigh had a, had a pretty strong first half, and then now they just have a handful of EIWA duels left. Yeah. So Stanich doesn't have as many opportunities to get high-ranked wins as, as your Big Ten guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dang, one twenty five is so crazy. Um, all right, well let's keep rolling. One thirty three, overtime. Now, this was a really good match too, even before the overtime. Uh, Ragerson pins Nagao. Um, I feel like Nagao was just hanging on because it's overtime, and why not hang on? Um, but it was kind of a super weird, awkward, like chess wrap type situation where I don't. Nagao probably could have rolled through, and I don't really know why he didn't. I think he didn't want to give up the takedown. He wasn't thinking about the fall. He was probably thinking, if I let go of this, I think he still he was holding on to Ragson's leg while Ragson yeah. had the chest wrap and was putting him on his back. He's probably thinking, if I let go of this leg, I'm likely to give up the takedown. Yeah. Not even thinking about the fall. Do you think it was a pin? Uh, yeah. Definitely yeah, I think it was too. I thought so in real time and. Uh, you know, you saw the screenshot going around, and it looked like both shoulders were on the mat. Yeah, I I, I don't disagree with that sentiment. Um, hey, just someone's in the YouTube chat. They're talking about the I mean, biting Mitchell. I was told Mitchell, you put your hands that you put the arm that close to someone's mouth, you might get bit. Just be okay with it. I also right. I'm, yeah, and I don't think you give someone a cross face. It didn't look like him was like biting. I saw the the picture. Um, yeah. It didn't look like him was like biting down hard. It just looked like he was getting a forearm right across his mouth, which happens. Yeah, yeah, which happens. So when you cross face someone, just be okay with it. Unless I'm re- remembering incorrectly, Mitchell didn't get up anything like he bit me. Yeah. So sometimes uh, Robin's racing. Yeah, he, he was saying he was saying like he remember he was like oh he bit me. Oh he he but did. Kinda, he kind of dropped it. Yeah yeah he kind of dropped it. You did, oh you were yeah. You were in the arena. I don't know. It was kind of a pretty clear shot on the camera. Um, okay. I think that's kind of all, all to discuss in Penn State-Michigan duel. Uh, I, I do want to say I was impressed with yeah, Sergio Limley. Oh, yeah. I know he lost, but he correct. did take yeah. Bo Bartlett down, which not a lot of people are able to do. And he made it interesting, really interesting late. So I yeah. think he's going to be a factor at 141. You know, to, to All-American, I don't think he's ready to push – quite yet for for the title or anything you know Bo Bartlett is ranked number two and he had him on the ropes but I'm not sure if I see him going with a real woods or like a Jesse Mendez yeah Bartlett has a yeah. tendency to keep matches really close really close I mean even even on uh, Sunday he was tied in the third period mm-hmm against Hamden yeah but no I, I, I was impressed with Lindley. I thought also he might kind of shoot himself out of the match Bartlett's really good at reattacks, and Lumley I thought was disciplined and, and picked his spots well, and made it fun. Um, so uh, yeah. he'll be a guy I'll be watching for the rest of the year. Bartlett's wrestled twelve right. matches this year. I'm pretty sure in six of them he's been tied in the third period, <laughs> um, or like uh, has gone into overtime. 
Because we went, we went to overtime last week with Cleveland Belton. Or two weeks ago. Oh, yeah. You're right. Cleveland Belton just beat... Uh, he's having a good year. He beat, Tegan Jameson. Did you see the Oklahoma... Yeah, he beat Tegan Jameson. The mm-hmm. Oklahoma State... Oregon State match. Oklahoma State had... They had four matches going to overtime, and Oklahoma State won them all. Yeah. And I think it was three other ones that were one-point matches. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Did you... John, his opening statement, John Smith, after that duel, <laughs> it was so funny. I'm... Can't remember word for word what he said, but it was something like, "I think we had six or seven one-point matches." He goes, "So I hope our opponents watch our tape from this because they're not going to learn nothing." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, it was pretty much you, you nailed it, JD. <laughs> yes, Oklahoma so State's sneakily kind of flying under the radar, but they're they're a tough team. Hey, I just noticed. I I, you know, I, I saw you guys put new rankings up yesterday, and I, I looked through them, and I saw. I went all the way down to the team tournament rankings. Mizzou just made a big jump, 74 yeah. half points, 15 points above number three, Iowa, 17 points above number four, Michigan. And I think that's probably more due to, because Missouri actually didn't wrestle this weekend, uh, Iowa, Al goes down, right? He loses, yeah. so he moves down a bunch. Nebraska, who was, I believe, second or third, they kind of had a really rough weekend. So uh, Rob's now lost four in a row. Um, Caleb Smith. I, I mean, we should talk about spa- our favorite Space Mountain character, Mitchell Pat- Patrick McKee. He beat the <laughs> living daylights out of Caleb Smith on Friday night. Did you it was watch wild. that match? Yes. Smith got in those doubles so deep twice, and McKee was just How able about to the roll second through? period one? Yes. <laughs> I'm serious. Oh, it's so ridiculous. The oh one my time, God. The one time you, like, kind of stepped over him, I'm not sure how. And I, I think it was, a, was the second period one where Smith got in too deep and drove him right to his back that he was just able to backwards yes. somersault and get on top of him. Yeah, he somersault, kind of hip high. Yeah, he, I think McHugh was like fixing his headgear or something. Yes. And Smith blasted him. He rolled, <laughs> he rolled through somehow like that. That was ridiculous. But, I mean, Caleb, I believe Caleb Smith beat uh, – I believe he beat uh, Patrick McHugh last year. And then Patrick McHugh just put it on him so bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is, am I correct on that or no? I believe so because Patrick McKee came into the season not ranked high because he had some struggles at the end of last year, and it's still kind of holding him down because he hasn't had too many great matches just yet this season. Obviously, he'll have a couple more with their schedule, their Big Ten schedule. But Nebraska is interesting because I feel like as a team, they haven't been wrestling great these past couple weeks so it kind of makes you wonder if they're going through some training cycle or, or something or sickness is going through the team or or what um because didn't pinto just yeah, lose? barely um yeah, pinto he, lost he to salazar be, be pretty convincing <clears throat> by salazar uh i picked that one um and then but then all red went to overtime with uh garrett joles who's you know he's a tough tough wisconsin kid from crash trained <laughs> Um, you love that's your favorite club in Wisconsin, right? Or were you not here for that, JD? I wasn't here for that. Oh man! So my buddy has it's called Crash Train, and Christian thought I said Crash Trained. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it was Christian and Ollie. Uh, so yeah, Joel's. I mean, he's a tough kid, but you know, Albright was the Big Ten champ last year, and so maybe not a match he definitely wanted to go to overtime in. So Nebraska really had a tough couple of matches this weekend. Minnesota almost got him. Looked like yeah. 
looked like they were going to win Very that close. duel. They needed uh, Harley Andrews to beat Bennett Tabor. He pulled off like a late um, lat drop for the win. Which Classic that was, late lat drop. Yeah. I expected Bennett Tabor to win that match, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't want to say I, I, I throw these results out. I definitely don't. But I, I do kind of view them through some tinted glasses where I'm like, okay. Like I still think Peyton Robb come Big Tens probably isn't going to be getting pinned by Joey Blaze. Uh, I mean, that was a very – the way Blaze did that was, like, super tricky. and uh, I kind of watched it three times to see exactly how he executed on that. I thought it was really interesting. But it, this is one of those where, um, I mean, this is I've got – I've got to step up on you guys the last two weeks on Rob because I'm paying attention to the trajectory of what what's happening, and you guys are saying, "Well, he's gonna have a bounce back," or "Oh, you know, you're trying to disregard what just happened." I feel like this is similar to, and I don't, I'm not putting Peyton Rob in this category yet, uh, but it's similar to Brayton Lee, right? Brayton Lee was a different person last year, but and you guys wanted to constantly think that the old Brayton Lee was gonna come back, mm-hmm. but it was just a different Brayton Lee. But this is weird because Peyton Rob won CKLV and looked good doing so. Yeah. So it, it, it hasn't been this entire season, I feel like. I think it, it's just been post-break. And, and you know, maybe yeah. maybe this is just kind of the new trajectory for him, and maybe he won't get back to that guy that won CKLV come post-season. But if I'm Manning or Snyder, maybe, maybe you sit him out. A, a little bit, yeah. say, rest up, recover, get your mind right, and come back, come back strong. So he lost to Downey, Frannick, Blockus, and Blaze. And, you know, Blockus is actually on, on the opposite trajectory for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, he's, now he's beat, um, he beat Frannick and Rob back to back. And he's like, wow, you know, it's, uh, I would not have predicted that, you know, based on how he did last year or the year before that. Or This is a guy who retired. Like, he was starting his MMA he career. Retired. Yes, <laughs> yes, hundred percent. It almost felt like, eh, you know what? I'm still around. I'll toss my hat in the ring here, and good decision, I guess. I think the other thing it speaks to too is how close these guys are at 157. Like we have Chase Eldate ranked down at number 19, and he was like seconds away from beating Levi Haynes twice. Uh, seconds on Sunday. So or, like, or a call. Do you think that was a lot of cans? I mean, I think it the, was. the camera angle never showed the other side, but the, what I was looking at, right, because he had like a, a body lock when he returns him to the mat, I was watching this bottom hand to see like when it pulls back, right? Because surely he's not just going to do this. And it, it sure looks like it doesn't pull back it until that point where yeah. it would be locked hands. And the other referee yeah. had a really good angle and on it. And immediately called like it. Right there and called it immediately. So I don't know how that one got waved. I, Kale magic. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know either. And locked hands is one where in the rule book it specifically says no reaction time. Really? Yes. Okay. Well, it's yeah, one of the few I mean, instances where it still says there is no reaction time. Okay. I mean, that definitely. That, yeah, I, sure, I sure thought that was locked hands. And then actually on the Big Ten, and Christian said in the arena the clock was different, but also in the for the reversal, Haynes got at the end. The clock was out on yeah. on Big Ten Network when he got the reversal. It was zeros, um, but the in in arena clock must have been different. Had to have been. 
Yeah. <laughs> so crazy, right? So crazy that that really was an awesome match. If you haven't, if you're listening, you haven't watched that. Go back, do yourself a favor, and go back and, and watch that. The, o- the overtime scramble was really wild too. Yes. The uh, the YouTube chat I was talking about it earlier. Listen with the sound on to the uh, the Big Ten commentators because they didn't know what was going on. No, it's, they, it's, they it's were driving me crazy. It's don't, hilarious. Don't do it's it. So funny. Don't do it. You're gonna get dumber. Yeah. He goes. He goes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that looks like interlocking fingers, <laughs> and you know, you can't do that because that's a point. But he thought it was like on their feet, you could interlock fingers or something. I have no idea what he was talking about. That's definitely gonna be a point. And then Saldate slipped off a ride in the first double OT, and he, he like ended up hanging on the low ankle. And he's like, Yeah, that's what the coaches said. They said Saldate was gonna be aggressive and shoot more low singles. It's great, clearly, just like no students, idea. you know sports journalist students who don't know wrestling why would you say yes jd if i asked you, you have to, to it's broadcast. like part of your class bro but if i asked you to go broadcast water polo wouldn't you say like i don't know the rules i'll have no idea what i'm talking about but i think they they have to have somebody and that's better than nobody and they get this free labor and these kids hey. are like oh it's an opportunity to get on big 10 plus build up my resume build up my chops <laughs> And I guess only the wrestling people know they sound totally ridiculous. Exactly. If you're just a, a Big Ten executive and you don't know wrestling, you're like, whatever, this kid's enthusiastic. He's talking about <laughs> rules. They're probably right. He was. <laughs> he was enthusiastic, but <laughs> he had no idea what he was talking about. Oh, man. All right. Hey, so, so Dante at 19, I just looked at his wrestle stat. He deserves to be at 19. He lost to Zerbent. That's actually a good loss now. But he also lost Johnny Lovett and Lucas Ravano at Midland. Mm-hmm. So there's really nothing to justify moving him up. And honestly, his best win, um, those are three losses. His best win would probably be Alejandro Herrera Rondon from uh, Clarion, which isn't really all that great of a win. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think he stays at 19. 157 isn't. 125 level basically nothing is but it it is probably the next most open weight where guys can creep up into that top tier yeah yeah i would say that for sure like Ains obviously has not separated himself i guess you could say he separated himself in the terms of he hasn't lost this year crazy and you know frantic Teamer, Mahler, yeah. Blockus, Cardenas, Andonian, Chittum, they've all lost. Vinny Zerbin hasn't lost yet, but he hasn't quite faced the schedule that those other guys have. But Yeah, so, uh, I mean, you got guys like, I mean, Joey Blaze, who just pinned um, uh, Peyton Robb, he's down at 18. He, he's got some really good stuff. He's tough. you still got Shapiro at 14, who's dangerous. Robb is now at 12, Ed Scott at 10. Yeah, so it's one of those weights where it like feels as though you could interchange a lot of these people mm-hmm. uh, come NCAs. Hundred percent, hundred percent. All right, what, where do you want to go next? Uh, we didn't done, talk about Matt Ramos knocking off Ayala. Okay, let's talk about that because not much to talk about in that duel besides that match. Um, Ramos gets the only takedown. Ayala almost gets one to come back. Yeah, he just couldn't finish it, finish his shots. Yeah, yeah, 
which and he is, has uh, been a problem for Drake in the past as well and continues to be. Yeah. I was surprised we didn't see it's, Keter at all. Yeah, why didn't we see him? I don't know. They've only used him for the Minnesota duel, so I don't know why they used him there. And not recently, and they, they haven't been using Gabe Arnold either, which makes you think well, he's probably going to redshirt. Yeah, Arnold only has one left, right? So that maybe they're saving him for... I mean, obviously, since he talked trash on Carter Soraki, <laughs> they're probably trying to save him for Penn State, right? I would maybe not be saving him for Carter Soraki if you talk smack. <laughs> You want some of that smoke? Come get some of that smoke. Yeah. I bet he wants it. He should go get it. I mean, I would love to see it. <laughs> yeah. That would be fun. I want to see it too. When do Penn State and Iowa wrestle? Like two, three it's, weeks? Uh, yes, the I ninth. believe. Yeah. It's, uh, February 9th. It's going to be a fun one. Mm-hmm. So probably saving it for that one. Keeter, maybe they're trying to give him better shape because obviously he wasn't in great shape and they don't maybe don't need him. So maybe – Save them because they'll have a, a couple. They'll have more. You know, plenty of dates with them. Mm-hmm. So, right? Yeah, they have four more um, where they can use him. Yeah, uh, but then, so but then you get into up... a situation where he has like six matches going into Big Tens or something like that. Well, my quant division. I got a quant division. I don't know if the you Askren know that. Academy it, quant division. No, it's it's my guy Scott Cleaver. He's been telling me about all the guys that aren't going to make it uh, to the 15-match minimum. And he thinks this is going to be a significant issue. Um, so, you know, obviously Keeter would be he, – well, he has no chance of making the 15-match minimum. But uh, are you guys – You're going to have to go to a couple last-chance opens. <laughs> Seven last-chance opens in Iowa City. But there's going to be a decent amount of guys who don't make the minimum. You know what? I think it – it doesn't necessarily affect the top, top guys because they're going to make it no matter what. Say if Aaron Brooks doesn't get there. I don't know if he's one of them. I should look back through my text because they're on there. If Aaron Brooks doesn't make it to the match minimum, right, the Big Ten gets one less auto qualifier spot. Aaron Brooks is going to win the Big Tens. Um, and therefore, who's ever the last, per, whoever was the last auto qualifier, will, even if he finishes to the place he's supposed to, will still be left out. Right. If that makes sense. Yep. Yes. This all has to do with RPI and allocations and NCAA seeding. Oh, he says Aaron Brooks. Aaron Brooks will not make it. I scroll back through my text. Okay. Yeah. So there's kind of going to be a bunch of guys who don't make it. So hopefully it doesn't too negatively affect. Um, you know, because where, where it could really negatively affect is if there's a bunch of spots who which. Um, you know, guys get bumped out, and then say in other conferences, guys who aren't that good get in. There's going to be a whole bunch of um, people who are like uh, should be at large bids who get mm-hmm. left out, right? There might be nine or ten at large bids, and there's only five or six spots, and so some of those guys are going to get left home. And this is also the reason why a lot of people were surprised yesterday. When the, oh, the coaches', coaches rankings, rankings came out, which happens every year with the first set mm-hmm. because some of the top guys don't have the minimum number of matches. And so they come out and everybody goes crazy. No Vito, no Dayton. No they, Vito, did they no forget Dayton. about him? No Brooks, no Storacci. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, and this year was also a little unique in that um, they came out on a Monday, obviously, and didn't include the past weekend's results. 
Oh, really? And, yep. Because, well, right. they had to submit, coaches had to submit them last week. Uh, I forget the actual uh, date. But then, obviously, they didn't come out until Monday. Well, we had two duels for a lot of teams in between there. A lot of the top guys wrestled. Mm-hmm. And a lot of yeah. the lower rank guys beat a lot of the higher rank guys. Uh, so that's why they look a little funky. Um, fans shouldn't freak out. This happens every year. Coaches' rankings are stupid. Coaches shouldn't be ranking. We've said it once. We've said it a thousand times. But Wait, are it, you saying coaches are stupid? I'm not saying they're stupid. I'm saying they should focus on coaching, not ranking. Leave that to okay, us right. dudes. That's right. I don't disagree at all. But it is what it they is. They don't want to do it's an important. No, they don't want to either. But it's an important part of our... Unfortunately, uh, an important part of our uh, sport that affects NCAA seeding. Yes. And guys that will qualify for NCAAs. But I digress. I digress. All right. Uh, we already talked about a bunch of the Nebraska-Minnesota results. Anything else you want to add into those? We talked about McKee, Blockus, and Sells are all getting big wins. So despite Minnesota losing... It felt as though they won the really important matches and got, like, the big upsets. Minnesota's a tough dual team, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Maybe not the best suited for a tournament, although, mm-hmm. you know, they're picking up strength with guys like McKee, Blockus, and Salazar. Yes. But really solid top-to-bottom lineup with not a whole lot of holes. Yeah, yeah. So, um and it's you know we talked about them last week how they kind of got robbed so uh, you know in the last few years with, with a lot of really good guys leaving but yeah it's tough even like you know Von Bauer uh, he's looked kind of scrappy and you know he mm-hmm. lost to Hardy on this one um, yeah they've kind of got a bunch of tough guys but uh, yeah I don't know how, how many are going to finish in the top five at NCAs um, there's none that I'm super super confident in saying they will be there for sure no that's what it goes yeah. back to. What is actually a better representation of a team? Tournament or a duel? <laughs> Seriously. Uh, Christian's in here, so we could just say it's definitely duels. It actually <laughs> has made Christian mad this year how good Minnesota is at duels. Because they've been ranked really? they've been ranked so low, but I've been competing with their beating teams ranked higher than them higher. because those yeah. teams will have, you know, a, a couple maybe more surefire guys that are gonna score yeah. more tournament points. Minnesota can win six, seven matches in a duel. Yes. Okay. So that's why they're they're very high in our duel rankings. Yeah. But a little bit lower in our tournament rankings. I think they're like eleventh in our duel rankings and probably tournaments. They might be down in like the thirties or something. Well, they might be moving up now, right? Yeah, because, I bet they uh, moved up now. Uh, up yeah, they six. were thirty-three last week. They're eighteenth. <laughs> they're eighteenth this week. Dang! What a jump! So Blockus. Yeah. Did McKee get in the top eight? Surely he no. didn't get in the top eight yet. No, he's done. Still. He's the 14. He went from 20 to 14. Yeah. Give him like two more weeks. Yeah. He'll get there. Let's see who's. Let's see who he's got. Is he going to be tough in the next couple weeks? I bet he's got Barnett coming up at some point here. Ooh, Minnesota, Wisconsin. That's uh, February 16th. So he's going to have Barnett. Uh, Barnett's going to have him there. Yeah. He could, move, he could still move up. I mean, as good as he looked Friday night. Um, I, it honestly made me think maybe there was an injury, and obviously given also the brace on his leg, injury that is now healing and he's starting to feel better or feel more normal with it. Uh, oh, he's got Dean Peterson this week. Dude, yeah. he could totally win that match. I think I think McKee had knee surgery 
after NCAAs last year. Okay, well then, yeah, he's probably just starting to get back in the swing of things. Mm -hmm. yeah, he's got Dean Peterson, and then really no one. No, then he's got Ramos, and then Barnett. So mm -hmm. I mean, you know, say he wins those three matches, you guys would probably have to put him up there pretty high before uh, Big Tens. Yeah, top five for sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Speaking um, on crazy duels, did you see this Arizona pit? What happened in this duel? No, tell me about it. Comes down to heavyweight. Arizona, or uh, Pitt is up by six points. Dayton Pitzer's shoulder pops out multiple times. He's forced injury default. And because of that, Pitt lost on criteria. Wait, I thought it said there was a forfeit there. It was, I... an, it was an injury default. Dang, so is Pitzer done then? Uh, I'm guessing he's going to sit out for a bit and try and recover and come back yeah. but shoulders can be so nagging to seriously well, um, and the, I mean some of them yeah sometimes they never get better nope and, and the unfortunate part with shoulders is too like you can feel fine with a shoulder and then yeah. take one shot somebody sprawls on you and it comes right back yep. out yeah so I'm guessing Pitzer's gonna try and tough it out and, and you no know, wrestle this year he's way past the, the point of getting a medical so yeah. i'm guessing they'll try and tough it out come postseason but th there's a decent chance i think that he's not going to be able to be what we thought he might be this year yeah sh shoulders suck once they're bad they're kind of never i feel like they're never the same all, all of my friends who've had really bad shoulders have once they're bad they've had like consistent problems for a while mm-hmm I don't it, know if you've had the same shoulders. Yes, I have. Shoulders uh, were a big part of what plagued uh, the 125s in the like early mid 2000s. The your your Nickersons, your Escobedos, um, even like Corey Clark, uh, they all had shoulder problems because you know you shoot on single legs and you you hold on with your shoulders way up here. That puts a lot of strain on your shoulders. Yeah. Yeah, I feel the, the shoulder, the labrum in the shoulder is because there's also a labrum in the hip, but the labrum in the shoulder is something that is like, man, it's, it's tough to keep healthy in wrestling. It's really tough, and once you start having those problems, like you continue to have them. So, yeah, that that makes me nervous about Dayton Pitzer, especially when you're dealing with big old dudes like Colton Schultz. It's going to be extra hard to keep that healthy. Um, Arizona State went on two this weekend. Well, I was just going to bring it up. Little Rock beats Arizona State in their, I believe, fifth year in existence. So congrats to Neil Arisman and uh, the Little Rock Trojans. What a win. What a win. Arizona State, uh, I think, had a couple dudes out, but still. But it it was kind of like it wasn't a bad team. So it was no. Figueroa was in. He won mm -hmm. by major. Klebo, who's a normal starter. 41, It's it, Cody Foote, their guy, actually got a win there. Um, I don't know. Maybe he's their long-term starter. I don't know who else they're going to put in there. Parco is in. He wins. Jared Corey Teamer's in. He wins. McLean and Valencia are the normal starters. So really, it's just also, I don't know who's at 84. Their guy got majored, Shea Addison. And so I don't know if that's, uh, you know, if he's their starter now. And then Colton Schultz was in. So actually, most of their yeah. normal starters were in the lineup. Oh, jeez. Mm -hmm. I'm watching the pitcher, yeah. uh, Schultz. You can see his shoulders oh. is out. Yeah. Oh, it was gross. Third, I hate that type of stuff. It was third period too. <clears throat> he was in on a shot, looking to finish. How old was the score at that point? He was down four to two. 
Okay. So, yeah, had he finished, I'm not sure when it popped out. What are our, what were our picks on that one? I feel like I should maybe you know get some point get a get a win for that. <laughs> we had Schultz one and a half. So at the time of um, at the time of the injury default, he he beats the line. So I think. I think we should claim that one, JD, and, and get one more up L. on CP. <laughs> get one more up on CP. I think so. Also, I am mad. Uh, I would have got another one up on you because you guys picked in a straight up pick'em. In a straight up pick'em, you picked Caleb Smith over Matt Ramos. And given what happened Friday night, you guys look ridiculous. <laughs> that is true. So give me a win there. <laughs> Just an extra <laughs> point for the tech. Uh, for real. Oh yeah. man. Um, okay, uh, so yeah, congrats, Little Rock. Um, Nebraska over Purdue, not a bunch of big ones there because uh, what we talked about, Ramos and uh, Caleb Smith did not wrestle. Joey Blaze pins Peyton Rob. It was it was a close match. Um, or was Robbie? Rob was maybe even winning by a mm -hmm. point, and they kind of get in a scramble, and he stepped and Blaze stepped over backwards, almost like right into like a. My, like a cradle-ish type situation, and mm -hmm. then just keeps him there and pins him. Yep. It's kind of weird. Yeah. Um, all right, you guys want to talk about the DeGlaine that happened last week? Yep, that was pretty much all the uh, college stuff, but wasn't the only stuff going on. USA and Mexico had some guys competing over in France. Um, USA did pretty well. It wasn't The field wasn't crazy deep. Super deep. Um, the, the biggest Team USA result for me was Aiden Valencia, who won 65 kilograms in a bracket where Nashawn Garrett finished ninth mm -hmm. and Kaladzic finished fifth, yeah. and Valencia beat both of the guys Kaladzic lost to. Correct. Yeah. And that I thought he looked really good. Day. So I guess Aiden Valencia is not wrestling any high school stuff this year is what's happening? Yeah, I don't think that, that would be my assumption as well. I mean, I haven't been yes. following his his high school, so I don't know if he's been wrestling for them and yeah. then just took two weeks off to go do this and will come back so or it not. It feels but... like, well, he's been at the NYC. I know it's not the NYC anymore. He's been at the NYC. He's been at um, the U.S. Open. Now he's been here. So it feels like it would be hard for Well, if you remember, he really doesn't care wrestling. for the um, – CIF California, yes. Yeah, after the the weight debacle a year or two ago. Mm-hmm. Did you um, watch the other one that was matches? really interesting to me? I did not, but I saw the result where he only beat. Um, oh my gosh, who was DeShazer. Oh, he beat DeShazer two to one, which I was really surprised by that result. And both his points were passivity points, mm -hmm. shot clock yeah. points. DeShazer's one point was a fleeing the hold. At the end of the match, a caution point. Very boring match. I will say um, RBY did a good job of not getting scored in front head. There was a couple times DeShazer got to a front headlock where he's pretty tough at and didn't give up any points. But I expected to be more impressed with RBY. Mm -hmm. And even look at his I semifinal agree. result. Um, he, he ended up pinning Guinea-Bissau, but... He did not score um, except the shot clock point in the first period. And then it took Gnubisau shooting like a minute into the second period before RBY was able to get a counter. And then he got on top and pinned him. Um, yeah. 
and I mean, to go back to DeShazer, DeShazer is, he's a tough dude, but he's someone that the very, very best Americans generally beat kind of handily. Like, they're not in two-to-one matches with him on shot clock. Mm -hmm. That's just not what happens. It, it, it just, RBY did not have much offense. Yeah. He's always been yeah. a counter-reliant so heavy. Could be. Um, but, I mean, that's a final. And, and they wrestled yeah. all these You're matches right. in one day, wait, so wait. it wasn't a second day making weight. And... This was at 59 kilos. This was even still. Oh, yeah. That was up. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. So if he knows he doesn't have to make weight day two, he's got two kilos. And this is, you know, 10 hours post weigh-in. Yeah. If it is a weight thing, that is very concerning. That would be, yeah. That would be very, because that's, that's four and a half pounds. That's a, that's a lot of pounds. Exactly. Yeah. Um, mm. it, um, maybe that that played a role. I don't know exactly if that was everything or there was other stuff going on or he just has become that much of a counter wrestler. Yeah, I mean, that just, that, that does, if that result felt weird to me um, and I, re I read through the, actually, I, I, I don't know who, I, maybe it was you guys or someone else kind of wrote like a match write-up of what happened between him and DeShazer. And I'm like, nah, not yeah. going to watch it. After after I read shot, two shot clock points, I'm like, eh, pass. Um, but yeah, now we get to see him. He's going to wrestle, was it March, early March or late February in the Pan Ams? And we're sending Zane. So mm -hmm. I don't get I guess it makes me feel more confident in how Zane does against him. Yeah, Zane's tough. And... I think a lot of people would pick RBY. I think a lot of people still will pick RBY, but it, that's going to be a match. And especially Zane knows that's pretty much the one guy to beat at this weight so he can prepare kind of a little bit specifically <clears throat> for RBY. Yeah. It's going to be fun. It, yeah. It's interesting. I still think it's um, like really close, that, that match. Because even thinking like how is Zane, how is Zane gonna score, considering RBY is so good with his reattacks and he is so fast, like it could be it could be a weakness. I just hope they're on opposite sides. And um, then it doesn't yeah, matter. Then they won't wrestle at all because they don't wrestle the finals, right? <laughs> um, yeah, Stewie Griffin. Are gonna wrestle finals? I, I don't think so. No, they don't wrestle finals. <laughs> it's silly. That's so dumb, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Stewie Griffin in the chat says, uh, and I, cause I forgot who beat him at the U.S. Open, but it was Luke Lillardall. Um, I'm sorry, that was the Bill Farrell where Luke Lillardall beat the him. Shazer. Mm -hmm. They split because yeah. I think he beat him at the senior nats. Yeah, at senior nationals. Yeah. yeah. So also, yeah. Also, um, Cal Lordson took um, RBY down and gutted him. So that's like the other thing that was. That's how he's gonna score him yeah. right there, JD. That's right. Parterre. Mm-hmm. Zane does have good parterre. Yes. Um, all right, do you want to say anything about these Ru Russians sending their number ones to Euros? Uh, I, I just think it's notable. Um, and, you know, these, these are subject to change, but UWWE put out the entry list for European Championships, which are next month, and Russia sent in the number ones. And this is the European Championships, not the qualifier. So yes. I think it's notable, and... A, bit, a big notable one is Sajulayev is entered. Obviously, he was hurt um, or injury defaulted out of World Championships. Pride, pride might have been hurt in that one. 
Yeah, he's been training. There's been a, a bunch of videos out of, of him training, and they've been saying he's getting back to health. So, and this is only like the fourth time, fifth time in Sajlev's career he's wrestling at the European Championships. Really? Mm-hmm. How close is wow. the qualifier to? Uh... It's a ways away. Is it? Because yeah, probably... the, the European qualifiers aren't until like April or May. Because yeah, he's got to go at 97 and they didn't qualify 86 either so russia's got to qualify two couple weeks yeah um all right coaches ranking we kind of already discussed that jd a uh, bunch of notable names not in there which you know a bunch who are complaining about but that's just how it goes um any other issues uh with the coaches ranking that you guys have I mean, I didn't get really tuned too much into them because, like, I don't know. I know there's going to be some that I don't agree with, and they didn't include all the results. That is weird that they didn't include that. I, so I did not realize that when I looked through them that they did not include the weekend's results. I just figured they just weren't that good because just sometimes they just aren't that good because you have. I mean, they literally put Ayala one and Ramos two. Yeah, so like that right there. Well, but sometimes the coaches just don't care, right? Yeah. Because you could say, well, Al's lost twice and Ramos has lost three times. So, you know, like, if you don't care that much and look that in-depth into them, like, you could kind of, especially at 25, you could get, you could take some serious creative liberties with that weight class. I even saw the Penn staff was complaining last week when it came time to submit that clearly some schools hadn't even submitted the right roster or their guys like clearly just forgotten about it um so like i said we, we've aired our grievances with, with the coaches ranking in the past they're probably not the most accurate and they're probably not that good <laughs> but like, yet they determine something very very important yes but yes they do Son determine something God. very very important Hey, speaking of rankings, a lot of people, especially after what Mitchell did um, to Cam Amin, were talking about Mitchell versus Keegan. Uh, we're going to bring this up again. Look, I got to give you, you another non-answer. Spoke, spoke. I just want to say, I think a lot of people are forgetting about David Carr and not giving David Carr enough respect. People, because I saw something already like, fast forward to the, the NCAA finals, and... I just want to remind people, David Carr went 2-1 and one against Keegan last yeah. season. So, um, Iowa State-Missouri have, have a duel in, in Big 12s yeah. prior to that. I think that's that. being said because Carr lost to Julian Ramirez. That didn't I, help. I that, 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 that surprised everyone, including myself. Um, Keegan does have – he's got Peyton Hall and Ramirez this weekend, I believe. Uh, and Carr has uh, a Lesnick. Mm -hmm. Oh, there we go. That's fine. 165 is interesting because it's unusual because most of the top guys are in the Big 12, not the Big 10. Yeah. So Mitchell won't get to face yeah. some of those guys. So I was I said this to C, I said this to CP. Um, it feels as though, and I believe the rankings reflected my feeling. I think I went and checked checked it out. Um, but it feels as though the bottom half of the Big Ten is abnormally bad this year. 
Um, what do you guys think I would have to go there? look through some of that, but it seems like more and more the top guys are gravitating towards the the top couple schools. Yeah. You're like Penn State, insane depth. Iowa, insane depth, obviously. But it's, it is weird because it feels like high school wrestling as a whole is getting better. So you would think that your traditionally bottom half Big Ten schools, you know, your Indiana's, Maryland's, Michigan State's would benefit from that. Yeah. No, yeah. So it's uh, in, in the top 10, you have uh, Penn State, Iowa. So one, three, Michigan at four. Uh, and then you go Nebraska at nine, right? So you only have four, unless I'm not missing anyone, right? Because then Missouri, uh, you have Missouri, non-Big Ten, NC State, Lehigh, Okie State, Iowa State, and Virginia Tech, non-Big Tens. And then your next Big Ten program, your your fifth-ranked one is all the way down at 14, which is Ohio State. And then you're going Minnesota, Wisconsin at 18, 19. And so that's like, you went, I don't know, I feel like generally there's more than four um, in the top 10 and you know having the fifth one at number 14 felt kind of like wow that's a little far down and you know I guess discussing Ohio State Ohio State has a lot of potential I think but um, I guess I don't know is is Karcher coming back um, he hasn't really I don't wrestled think so. yeah at all so you have yeah, Rocco you think right sure it's pulled okay it is for sure <clears throat> yeah so Karchla is out, you know, 84. They haven't been getting great performance. I think they thought Giago was going to be better at 97. He's been good, not great. I think the same thing with, and obviously now Ohio State had a great NCAAs last year and not a great season. So maybe they're maybe they're planning on doing the same thing. But Feldman hasn't been great. Um, I guess you could say the same thing, say 57, 65. Um, you know, so Ohio State's kind of a team where how many for sure top fives do they have? And I think right now you're probably saying Mendez. Yeah. And that's it. So it kind of feels like it's tough for them right now. Right? It, is the Big Ten losing some of its appeal? Like it, it used to be, if you're a good wrestler, you, get Sparks? <laughs> you oh, really want to go to the Big Ten to get that Big Ten schedule. But has it lost some of that luster? Yeah, and I don't, I don't know. I mean, I felt like just recently, obviously, and that's why I, I guess I'm feeling like now it's down compared to, you know, kind of we'll say more normal years. It's down a little bit. Um, so you know, I we'll find out when when uh, all the automatic qualifiers come out. We'll be able to compare it to, um, we'll compare it to normal years, right? Because in normal years, we'll say they had you know, what, 82 auto qualifiers, and this year they only have 68 or something to that effect. But North, Northwestern's obviously down this year, um, and they've, they've actually been pretty good. Rutgers is their team got stolen. Know, not great. Yeah. Their, their team did get stolen, uh, in all fairness. Um, so, yeah, it just feels like some of those bottom-end Big Ten teams are a little further down than they are they have been normally. Where's Northwestern on? Northwestern's at, you guys had them at 45 on your tournament rankings. I'm, I'm assuming they would be the lowest. Yeah, then Michigan State is at 39. Indiana, 37. Um, so pretty pretty far down there. I wouldn't be surprised if, and I, I, I don't know this, I haven't talked to any coaches about this, but if it's almost becoming a recruiting pitch 
um, in the mindset of wrestling is shifting a little bit from that grind, 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 grind mindset to, hey, if you come to one of, you know, uh, insert ACC, Big 12, yeah. EIWA, we go to CKLVE or something. Yeah. We, we get those glimpses of you can push yourself, but you don't have to go through a complete grind then for the two and a half months leading up to NCAs. Well, yeah, or is it just becoming some of these programs outside? Obviously, Missouri's been doing a great job forever, but like NC State, they're doing a great job. Lehigh, Iowa State, Virginia Tech, Cornell, like, you know, South Dakota State, actually, I saw them in some polls. They're higher. I mean, they're doing a great job. Oregon State, right? So it's just a lot of these coaching staffs outside. Hey, John Smith effect. Oregon State on the rise. Little Rock hey, on the rise. Know. NC State on yeah. the rise. All yeah, all John Smith. Uh, I don't know if it's proteges, but they all came through the system of John Smith. Um, dang, why is South Dakota State? Because uh, Tanner Sloan should be pretty high. Uh, <clears throat> Tanner Jordan. They're kind of. They have a really good team. Jordan's ranked in the teens. Cal Carl or Clay Carlson lost. He, he, he's uh, not doing great. Clay lost a bunch of matches. He's out in the twenties. Um, yeah. Tanner Berge out of the rankings. Yeah. Berge's probably in like uh, twelve, thirteen. So yep. he's not getting a bunch of points. So really, it's just it's just Sloan. Yeah. Okay. But they could. Uh, yeah. They're a good dual team. Really good dual team. Very good. Very tough dual team. Okay. Uh, I see we don't make questions today. Um, I know. I kind of forgot to ask for questions. Oh, Let's man. see peace. Yeah, okay. Well, hey, Kozak, when is the Uregan? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Sedge Live, tonight. Sedge Live will be competing. Wow. Oh, really? He, he just, yep. He just put out an Instagram post an hour ago saying that that'll be his first competition back. Yeah, I got to check to see if hmm. brackets are out yet. Um, normally, I try to translate those. That's a lot of work. Um, but yeah, it either starts tomorrow or the next day. Okay. So um, we're going to get a glimpse at uh, Sadie Cakes before Euros. Yes. And then, JD, we have big news. Aren't you guys going to be in the new studio on Friday when we come back? Yes, we will. Programming note. Sorry about yesterday, but we obviously went today. No show Thursday because we're going Friday in a new studio, hopefully. Oh, yeah. I don't want to count hopefully. my chickens quite come on. yet. It's ready. It, I was in it yesterday. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. We got to run some tests, though. We're finally going to get out of this closet that has turned okay. into our makeshift studio for a year or whatever, however long we've been in here. But uh, yeah, the plan is to uh, bust out the new studio on Friday. Nice. I love it. And uh, and we'll have a bunch of picks, of course. Obviously. Another big weekend with uh, a bunch of good duels. So, What is the best duel? I mean, so Missouri Cornell, that's going to be a good one. I think that one's on Sunday. Mm -hmm. uh, what other really good duels are there? Iowa week? State, Oklahoma State is Saturday. Ooh, that's a good one. Iowa has Illinois and Northwestern. So uh, Michigan, Ohio State is Friday. That's probably the marquee one, Friday night. Where's Big Ten Plus? Let's see what's on Big Ten Plus. I think we got here. Bank calendar. I'm trying to look it up real fast. It's so slow. All right. Well, I guess we should probably get out of here because I'm too yeah. slow on the Big Ten Plus calendar. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you all for tuning in. We will be back Friday at our normal time of 8.30 a.m. Central Time, hopefully in a new studio and maybe with the return of Christian Piles. We'll see. He might still be vacation CP. 
Thanks, Mado.